Therefore, whoever hears the sayings of mine does them, I will liken to a wise man who builds his house on a rock. Matthew 7:24. Welcome, beloved, to another edition of God's Word with God's chosen servant, Reverend Amos Darko. Reverend Amos Darko is anointed to inspire you with an anointed teaching and preaching of God's Word with down to add practical examples. Get ready as he ministers the Word of God for today. Let's share a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it is time to declare your word. Your word is already anointed. And so I ask that may you anoint these lips of clay. Grant me all trans and make me a blessing unto your children. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Oh, amen. We thank God for this wonderful day. I want to share a word I have personally entitled, How to Overcome the Spirit of Vengeance how to overcome the spirit of vengeance you see the church today is full of avengers and if somebody is an avenger it, is, it means it is somebody who wants to do something or retaliate you understand like he wants to retaliate or do something do harm to somebody to appease himself for a wrong that has been done to him or her and you see all throughout the bible there are not many things God claims ownership over. There are not many things. Amen. One of the things that God claims ownership over is his glory. When you read Isaiah chapter 42, the verse number 8, the Bible says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will give not to another. So, one of the things God doesn't share or doesn't allow anybody to take as his glory. Is somebody with me? He said, my glory I do not give to another. That is one of the few things God claims ownership over. In, that is why when miracles are done, or when something spectacular or supernatural happens, the person to whom the glory goes to is very important. Is somebody with me? So, one of the things that God will never take lightly with any of us, irrespective of who is involved, is for you to take his glory. When things happen in your life, who takes the glory? That's the first question you should ask yourself. Who takes the glory? The reason why God never allowed Abraham to have a child during those periods was, you see, that's why when God asked him, when Abraham asked God, should I drive Ishmael away. He said, listen to your wife. Why? Because God has promised Abraham a child and they cut corners to have an, another child who was not part of God's plan. And God doesn't want to share his glory because Hagar was now trying to take the glory. Oh yes. Hagar said, now you could see from her attitude that I'm the one who has been able to give birth. If you say you are a woman, you, Madam Sarah, where is your child? I have given birth to Ishmael. And so at a point, Sarah was disturbed. And she was hurt. And he said to Abraham, May God judge between you and I. All these while God was quiet. He never spoke a word. He was just looking at them. May God judge between you and I. Then 
they, they, I, I'm telling you, one of the men in the Bible that had a lot of issues in his marriage is Abraham. A lot of you, there are a lot of the things about the life of Abraham that are enclosed. It takes a matured believer to fish them out. But when Abraham died, uh, sorry, when Sarah died, they were not living together. Sarah and Abraham were separated. They were not divorced. They were separated. Is that what you mean? They were separated. Sarah was living somewhere and Abraham was living here somewhere. They were separated, but they were not divorced. And the Bible said they came to tell Abraham that Sarah was there and Abraham went and buried her. <laughs> so, you could see that Abraham was going through a lot of challenges in his marriage. And so, Sarah said to Abraham that drive this son and her mother away. Drive them away. And Abraham went to God and God said, listen to what your wife is saying. Now, you have, you don't have a child. You are almost 100 years old. And God has given you a child. So he will say, right? And you want me to drive her away and, and the child? I can't do that. But God said, listen to your wife. Why? Ishmael was now becoming the representation of the glory of God. And, and, and the glory which was supposed to go to God is now going to a human being, Haggai. Because she is the one who has been able to bore Abraham a son. So God said, drive them away. And they drove them away. And when the time came for God to actually make himself manifest in the life of Abraham, it came to pass. And when, when Abraham gave birth, you see, it is one of the greatest miracles in the Bible. Giving birth at age 90 when the man is 100 years old. And so who does all this glory go to? God. It is very important. Very, at a point, Abraham went to fight you see, and rescued Lot, his, his, his um, nephew. And when he brought Lot back, the Bible said the king, the king came around, I think the king of Sodom, he came and he said, oh, um, Abraham, all the, all the plunder and the things that you brought, take them. I am giving them to you as a gift. Abraham said, I will not even receive a lace of a shoe from you, lest you say, I made Abraham rich. What, what does this man know that you and I doesn't know? Abraham was not ready to share the glory of God with any man. Abraham knew that, should I take something from this king? When God takes me to where I am going to, this man will say, I made Abraham rich. And so, Abraham did not receive anything from him, but you realize that God blessed him. Is somebody with me? For God told him, I will bless you and I will make you great. And so what I'm trying to drive at this morning is that there is one thing which God will never allow anybody to share with him. And the first of those things is, of, of that thing is, is, is the glory. His glory. He doesn't share with anybody. When things happen in your life, make sure the glory goes to God. That is not part of my message. It's just a, a supplementary something I'm giving you. Anything that happens, whether good or bad, give glory to God. Psalm 34. David says something. Is somebody with me? You see, there are certain Bible characters that some, some of us must begin to learn from them massively. There is something these people knew that a lot of us don't know. Listen to what David is saying in Psalm 34 verse number 1. 
I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord when? Is it in good times? Bad times as well. I will bless the Lord at all times. All times include good times. It includes bad times. It includes ugly times. There are times you don't even feel like being alive. But David said, I have, I have learned something. And what I've learned is that I, will, I have decided to bless the Lord at all times. And I have also made sure that his praise will continually. I like the word continually. Continually means without season. It shall be in my mouth. Is somebody with me? And so please, whether good or bad, whether rain or shine, remember to give all the glory to God. It is, it is one thing, uh, just as we read Isaiah 42, the verse number 8, it said, my glory I will not give to another. You see, God becomes your enemy when you begin to take his glory. One of the things that, is it when you read Bible, eh, there was a king called King Herod. At a point, this king became so popular. And this was the same Herod who killed um, James. Then at the point, the Bible said he sat in his throne and people were giving him praises. So, one gentleman stood up and he said, Ah, look at the king Herod. He's no longer a man, but God. And you know what? what happened? The Bible said immediately an angel of the Lord strike him down. <laughs> yes. So, one of the things I want you to take note, a lot of Christians are not aware of this. When, you, when I give money to this gentleman, I expect him to come and bow down to me and tell the whole world that I gave him the money. <laughs> Do you know what they are doing? You are trying to take a glory which is not yours. Is somebody with me? And so God God is somebody who does not joke with his glory. Things that must give him glory. Is somebody really? As for when it comes to glory, God will not share with anybody. Number two, the second thing God will not allow anybody to take is vengeance. <laughs> oh yes. The second thing God will never allow anybody to take vengeance. <laughs> Is somebody with me? Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse number 35. Deuteronomy 32, 35. To me belongs vengeance and recompense. To me. To who? To God. So God is saying to me belongeth what? Vengeance. In other words, vengeance is mine. Vengeance belongs to me. Another version will say, Vengeance belongs to me. And so, another thing God will never allow anybody to take from him is vengeance. Is somebody with me? But you see, the church today is flooded with avengers who are seeking opportunity to make people pay for the wrong they have done. Today we are all looking for ways and means to make people pay. You see, 
there are a lot of you your prayer is not even a good prayer you are praying that something evil will befall somebody some of you have given false prophecies over over the lives of people and you are just hoping and wishing that it will come to pass for people to say yes he said it he said it but listen anytime you take up vengeance you are taking something that belongs to the lord and god will not take it light with you he said vengeance belongs to me and so if you are here and all your mind is to see the downfall of somebody know that another spirit has taken over another spirit has taken over and it is very easy to operate in the spirit of vengeance without you knowing there are some of you when you see people then your heart do I have a witness in the house by just people's appearance and presence alone then something begins to boil in your heart it is the spirit of vengeance and vengeance is birthed by the spirit of hatred yes and anger these two spirits work hand in hand hatred and anger gives birth to the spirit of vengeance for nobody is it nobody would want to avenge or take revenge on you when they don't hate you two of us yes but you realize that the moment the spirit of anger and hatred enters a person they want to take vengeance on people today we see we see husbands taking vengeance on their wives yesterday i was reading a news article and a policewoman has shot her husband and after shooting her husband she shot herself and why why because he said her husband he she's suspecting her husband of dating another lady is somebody with me one day i heard a story of another lady who also went to sleep with somebody because her husband has gone to sleep with somebody so it is one one door and i asked myself what 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 is the world be turning into and today we see all these lifestyle in church people are in church and they are praying and wishing that something bad will happen to their fellow church member is somebody with me but you see god would want you to know that it is possible to overcome the spirit of vengeance because listen whether your case is good or bad or somebody will say whether your case is sweet eh, it's not really the matter when it comes to taking vengeance you can be at fault or you can be um, the person who to who has become a victim to whatever but yet god would not want you to take vengeance he said vengeance belongs to me when you read you see i like certain bible characters when it comes to this topic one of them is david that gentleman david today i'll show you certain things about the man you, you don't know david is one of the gentlemen who walked purely no wonder god said he's a man after my own heart a lot of you consider sin to be fornication fornication is not the only sin in court fornication is not the only sin there are a lot of sin that you don't even know about vengeance is a sin it's, it's one of the sins god hates because anybody who takes vengeance is taking of something that belongs to god is somebody with me and so the sin of fornication is not the only thing though david was engaged in fornication and adultery at a point in his life but yet god said he's a man after my own heart why because david was somebody who never wanted to do harm to his enemies 
look at you. All the people who hate you, you are praying that something bad will happen to them. If you had your way out, you would have caused something to happen to them. Is somebody with me? Watch it out. Isn't it a good thing? Isn't it a good spirit at all? Isn't it a good spirit? It's a demonic spirit. The spirit of vengeance is not a good thing. You see, and another person is Joseph. We saw what his brothers did to him. When his brothers saw that this guy has now moved to a place of authority and with just a decree, they would be killed. They came to lie to him. You see, when the, the spirit of vengeance enters into a person, eh, it comes along with a lot of things. Spirit of lies. Spirit of this. Spirit of this. Now, his brothers couldn't stand the prosperity of Joseph. They saw that our brother, number one, he's being loved by our father. As for us, our father doesn't like us. Number two, they saw that um, all the good clothes were being bought for Joseph and as for them, they were in tatters. Is somebody with me? Number three, Joseph was spying on them and reporting it to his father. So Joseph was reporting of their bad behavior to their father. And they didn't like him at all. And what even killed them was his dream. No wonder they said, here come the dreamer. Is somebody with me? And so we all know the story. They sold him. They actually wanted to kill him. And one of his brothers said, no, no, no. We, we can't do that. We, we, we can't have his blood on our hands. Let's sell him to these Ishmaelites. And Ishmaelites were Arabs. And so they just sold their brother without even thinking of what will be the repercussions of their actions. They never cared of anything. They just sold him out. Let him go. After what? He's our enemy. If, if he goes out there and die, then we didn't kill him. You understand? At least we'll even make money out of it. So they sold Joseph and we all know the story. He went through the ranks and then he became second in command to Pharaoh. And his brothers came to um, Egypt for food and when they saw Joseph, they realized that no, this gentleman, he's been spoken all over the world about who is this man? They came. Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but his brothers did not recognize him. So he gave them whatever he, he had to give them. He asked them, So, how many are you? So, oh, we hmm. oh, bruh, when you are coming to Kai, yeah, 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 yeah. Why, why are you bringing this topic? <laughs> we were 12. Oh. We were 12. And one of them died just like that. Oh. Hmm. The way he died. And his, our father, he was loved by our father. And our father loved him so much so that when he died for, for days, our father was not eating. And he was just mourning him. Oh, our brother Joseph, may he rest in perfect peace wherever he is. And the little did they know they were talking to him. So he asked them, so where, where is the other one? Because you are thin. He said, oh, the last born, hmm, Benjamin. Because his brother died, his father said he will, he will not trust Benjamin with us. Yes. And so he doesn't allow Benjamin to go anywhere. He's always with our father. And he said, okay, yo, when you are coming, bring him. So he gave them food. They went. And they said, oh, the man said we should come for more food. So when they were coming, he said, bring Benjamin. When, if you don't bring him, don't come. So they went to their father. They ate the food they took home and the food was getting finished. And they told their father that, oh, well, we have to go back. But the man who is in charge of the food said, if we are coming, if we don't bring our younger brother, we shouldn't come. Jacob said, then we will all die. 
<laughs> Benjamin is not going with you. He said, I will never give Benjamin to any of you. I will never. So they have to beg him. Simon, Reuben. Yes, Reuben is the other. Reuben and Simon. And they said, he said, Father, I, 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 will, I will lay down my life for Benjamin. Yes, I will give my life in exchange for Benjamin. If Benjamin doesn't come back, I will not come back. Please, I beg you, let, let us go with him. And I, did, I was shocked when I read the scripture because if they could have done this, they could have done that for Joseph as well. But they never. So they took Benjamin with them and they went, they were fed. You see, I'm just trying to paint a picture to you. Follow me. They went there, gave them food. They went to dine with the, the second in command, the prime minister, after eating. They said, oh, well, you can go. He told the guys, package the food. Then he took his golden cup and he said, put this one in the bag of Benjamin. So they put it in Benjamin's sack and they said, okay, well, see you, friends, bye-bye. And they set off. Whilst they were going, Joseph called his soldiers and said, chase them, the men. One of them has stolen my golden cup. And so they chased them and brought them back. He said, ah, and Joseph said, oh, how can you do this to me? I am showing you favor and kindness. As the guys over here, how many of them have dined with me before? And I've given you the opportunity and look at what you are doing. And so they said, oh, sir, we've not done anything. Then they said, he said, one of you have stolen my golden cup. He said, oh, no, 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 golden cup. No, 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 no. Ah, it is Judah who sometimes stole my house for Judah. So they started checking check that bag, check. they checked all the 10 guys, it wasn't in it then they checked Benjamin when they checked the golden cup was it, Benjamin said me, golden cup, and listen his brother said he has never stolen before no, this is not our brother, no <laughs> no, 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 this one, this one is not true our brother cannot do this and he said oh yeah, throw him into prison, keep him is he? So they said no. Then all of a sudden, Ruby said, "Hey, kill me first <laughs> before you take my brother." Then Joseph was looking at them, very shocked. And he looking at the way they were reacting, and he was shocked because if these guys can do this for their little brother, why couldn't they do that for me? So he was looking at them, and they said, "No, please, we will all die today <laughs> than for us to give you our brother. If not." the moment our father hears that he has also been taken, he will die. Please, our father has suffered enough. We are not ready to add up to his burden. Then Joseph said, okay, come. All of you come. And he brought, he took them inside and he took the guys, um, the bodyguards to walk out. So they all walked out. What do you think he was going to do? He was going to show them the mark of his sonship. You see, the children of Israel were circumcised. So their, their manhood were cut. If you are not an Israelite, it was a covenant God had with Abraham. So only Israelites had their manhood cut. Like the ones you see nowadays. So today everybody is an... <laughs> yes. But then it was not like that. Only Israel. So he took all of them out and he called his brothers and come. And he, he stripped himself naked showed himself to his brothers. He said, look at me. Ah! You, an Israelite? He said, yes. Who are you? He said, I'm Joseph, your brother, the one whom you said is dead. He said, ah! 
I'm sure Simon will say, you see, I told you we shouldn't kill him. Then I'm sure Reuben will say, you see, when you brought the plan, you said the dreamer, here come the dreamer. They were now confessing. And you see, please, I want the spirit of Joseph to fall on some of us. Yes. It should fall. I pray that God will give you the spirit of Joseph. And this gentleman stood and looked at his brothers. They started complaining. Hey, it wasn't me. They said, and they, they now started shifting blames. This one said it's this person. This one said it's that person. Joseph said, I'm not here to ask who caused what. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I pray that anybody trying to avenge or take revenge on you, may God turn their plans for your good in Jesus' name. Yes, sir. The guys were doing whatever they wanted to do. And Joseph said, well, don't worry. God meant it for good. So he said, go and bring our father. They went, brought his father. Joseph went to see Pharaoh. Pharaoh gave them a very big land called Goshen. He said, oh, take it. And let your family members go and live over there. They were living there, living there. Then Jacob died. And his brothers thought again. And he said, if we don't go to our brother Joseph and tell him that before our father died, he said you should promise him that you will never touch us. They were afraid. Because they knew that the only person who was standing between them and their brother was their father. And so now that his father is dead, they were afraid that his brother would still avenge them or retaliate for what they did to him. But he never did any of that thing. So they went to him. Our father said he should promise. And he told his brothers that, I think I've told you that I will never do any harm to any of you. So why are you saying all this? And they were afraid. You see, allow you. We'll go into the point. Allow the thoughts of evil doers to hunt them. Don't 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 stand in the gap and don't try to do things for yourself. Is somebody with me? And so they did what what they. And it's quite unfortunate. Joseph died young. Oh yes, Joseph died before his brothers, and he was the, he was probably the last but one. But he died and before he died he told his brothers that when you are living this land please carry my bones and it was a prophecy he believed that god will bring them deliverance he believed in the deliverance that moses will be bringing 430 years after that time and so he told them if you are living please carry my bones and what have you and he died now listen taking vengeance as a demonic act trying to make people pay for what they have this gentleman did this to me I will will never forgive him if you have said that before me God forgive you because of what this person did I will never forgive him hey I will forget everything but as for this particular thing I will never forget child of God child of God relax okay it is a demonic spirit we never is it another person I like is Jesus Christ. We saw how he was beaten, how he was scorched, and he never retaliated. Jesus could have commanded that fire will come down from heaven and consume all the people that were doing that, and it would have happened. Elijah did it anyway. Elijah was a mafia man. He he didn't have heart for anybody. You see, let me show you something about Elijah. A lot of you don't know. although he was a man of God there was at a point in his life he was being used by evil spirits he never knew oh yeah (laughs) 
Oh, you don't know that a man of God can be possessed by an evil spirit? Hey, you don't know. Okay, they can be oppressed. That's the best word. Oppression. You can be a Christian and still be oppressed by evil spirits. Yeah. It doesn't mean they, they, they possess you. When we say a spirit has possessed somebody, it is talking of ownership. Possession is, is talking of ownership. This is my phone. Eh? So it is mine. It's a possessive noun. You remember possessive nouns? Yes. So when somebody, when we say somebody is being possessed by an evil spirit, it means the spirit owns every part of that person. But Christians are not possessed by evil spirit. They are possessed by the Holy Spirit. Yes, that's what the Bible says. That don't you know your body is now the temple of who? Hey, the temple of who? The Holy Spirit. Thank you, Brother Kerry. Hey. So the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, your body now becomes the bonified property of the Holy Spirit. You don't own it. That's why you have to be careful. And that's what the Bible said. Anyone, therefore, who destroys the body, God will destroy. <laughs> because the house is somebody's house now. So it is, in this world, there's only two things. Either you are being possessed by the Holy Spirit or you are being possessed by demons. Full stop. But you see, demons are not gentle, but the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. That's why Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He would always knock before he enters. But demons don't knock. They enter. They force themselves on you. So demons always act against your will. It's not according to what you want. They act against your will. Which reasonable person would take a stone and cut himself? But the madman of Gadara did that. And the Bible said he was being possessed by demons. Follow me. But demons can oppress a believer. They can oppress. They, they, they don't own you wholly, but they can, they can, they can begin to tickle certain parts of your body to to fall in their line or to conform to their will. Oh yes, that's why there. Sometimes you do certain things and you ask yourself, Ah, what have I done? How many of you have done such things before? You did something and say, Ah, what have I done? Yeah, and that's what they do. So it is very important to take note that you can be a believer, tongue blasting, and still be oppressed by demons. And the prophet Elijah was like that. One day he was he did something, and um, an order was given that they go and bring him. And the first soldiers that went were fifty plus their captain, fifty-one. So they came and he said, "Prophet, come down." The king is requesting your presence right now. He said, We should bring you. And the prophet said, Did you say I'm a prophet? Oh, okay. Then if I be a man of God, let fire come down and consume you. <laughs> then immediately, boom, 50 plus their captain dead. The king waited, waited. The people were not coming. Then he sent another captain plus his 50. He said, Go and check. And they, when he got there, he saw that these people had been bent. He said, man of God. He said, eh, I'm a man of God. Eh? If I be a man of God, let fire come down. Hey, what's up? 
So he's killing the people. Killing the church members. So he commanded. And fire came down. Now, let me fast forward to the New Testament. One day Jesus was working with his disciples. Listen. I think it's in Luke. I remember something 957 or something. Jesus was with his disciples. Then he sent them. He was going to Jerusalem and it was night. So he sent them into a village. And he told them, oh, go and tell the villagers that I need a place to sleep. We want to at least sleep and so that we'll continue our journey tomorrow. When he went, the villagers said they don't need him. He shouldn't come there. <laughs> yes. And John, you can find that gentleman. He said, let us command fire from heaven just like Elisha commanded fire. So, Elijah, sorry. And when his disciples, James and John saw this, they said, Lord, will thou change the version? I don't like, give me New King James or Message Bible. They said, Master, do you want us to call a bolt of lightning down out of the sky and incinerate them? Let's go to, let's, let's go to the King James Version. Okay. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as who did? Elias did. Who is Elias? Elijah. So they want to do exactly what they saw Elijah did. Two of us. Let's look at what Jesus told them. Verse number 55. But he turned and rebuked them. Wait. The first thing. Look at Jesus' first action against this. What is he doing? Oh, I can't can hear you. Rebuked. Stop it! Why, why can't you talk like that? Ah, these people want to do like Elijah did. Oh, and rebuked them and said, You do not know who doesn't know you, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. In other words, do you know the spirit which is in you? It is not the spirit of vengeance. So my question is then, what spirit did the prophet use to do that? You do not know them or what manner of spirit you are of. And so I'm saying that, you see, that's why when I started my message, I told you that anytime you see somebody trying to take vengeance on somebody, the spirit of God is not involved. It is another spirit. It is another spirit. Because the spirit of God doesn't revenge. I need a place to sleep. I said there is no place. Let's call down fire. For what? <laughs> is somebody with me? Jesus rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are. So, so you see, I'm saying that you can be a man of God eh? and still be used by an evil spirit. Like the prophet Elisha. He, they told him his head was bowed and he commanded a bear from the bush said yeah you said I'm, let a bear come out and devour you and the bear came out and devoured 40 men killed all of them 40 Aye. it's vengeance so you laugh at me I curse you but you see there is something about this gentleman that I'm, I've spoken about. Jesus, David, and Joseph. 
that is that is missing in our church and I pray that the spirit of Jesus Joseph and David will come back to the church that's my prayer that's my prayer today you have no idea what people do in order to take vengeance on others be careful be careful is somebody here and so for those of you who came late I am talking about how to overcome the spirit of vengeance when somebody does something to you Richie it is not in your position to do something back to the person some of you your, a friend of yours insulted you then you called five of your friends Charlie let's go who beat him <laughs> today he will see Usually, usually when you are alone, you don't talk. So they'll, they'll beat you and do whatever. Then you go and call your friends. Then you come back. Now sit there. Now sit there. Casa. Messi casa. Talk. And you see, and his friends will talk. Ready to fight. What's the problem? Now talk. We are here. Talk. If you are a man, talk. Do you know what you are doing? You are taking vengeance. And I told you, those of you who came very early, I told you that there are so many things in the Bible, but a few of them God takes absolutely control and possession over. And that is, first of all, is what? His glory. He said, my glory I do not give to another. Number two, he said, vengeance belongs to me. Doing things to big people. Oh, I know of women. Yesterday I was, I was discussing something with Bakary women who, who want to pay their husbands back. You do this to me so I'll close the zip. Hey! Vengeance in marriage. Yes. I know of a woman. Eh, I know of a woman. She grand bottle. She grand bottle and poured it in an okra soup for her husband to eat and die. After, after the, the man finished it, he told him, I, I'm killing you softly. Said you don't you 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 don't know what you've eaten, but you've eaten butter, and truly the man is dead. Oh yes, vengeance. People people are in church, but they are very more wicked than the devil. I'm telling you, when you look at the mindset of believers, there's somebody out there because I spoke against you. You are praying that I die. Yes, but vengeance belongs to the Lord. Is somebody with me? Don't, don't take vengeance. Allow people to have their course. Usually, when you are that type who is always quiet, don't want to retaliate, they call you a fool. That's the well system. The world will say, with Jimmy. Hey, this guy, a fool like that. I don't know, say fool. See the way the guy slap, I no talk. Me, oh, master. <laughs> like I go talk. When you do that, when you do that, you are taking vengeance. Let me show you the life of a gentleman in the Bible. I want us to read the entire story. There's a story in First Samuel chapter 24. I loved it. When I read this story, the first time I read it, I cried. The first time I read the story, I cried. Let me show you something. First Samuel chapter 24. Let's read the whole thing. Now, it happened when Saul had returned from following the Philistines, that it was told him, saying, Take note, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Let's move on. 
Then Saul took 300, sorry, 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rock of the wild goats. Let's, let's go. So he came to the sheepfold by the road where there was a cave. And Saul went in to attend to his knees. In other words, he was going to poo David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. Let's move on. Then the men of David said to him, This is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will deliver your enemies into your hands, that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off the canal of Saul's robe. Now it happened afterwards that David had troubled him because he has cast off rope. And he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. Let's go. So David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went on his way. Follow the story. Are you following the story? David also arose afterwards, went out of the cave, and called out to Saul, saying, My Lord the King! When Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth. In other words, he bowed down and, and worshipped. Um, verse number 9. He said to Saul, Why do you listen when men say, David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord has delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not lay hands on my Lord because he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, look at the piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of your robe but did not kill you. See that there is nothing in my hands to indicate that I am guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you are hunting down to take my life. Verse number 12. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hands will not touch you. Verse number 13. As the old saying goes, from evil doers comes evil deeds. So my hand will not touch you. 14. The Bible says, Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Who are you pursuing? A dead dog? A flea? May the Lord be the judge and decide between us. May he consider my cause and uphold it. May he vindicate me by delivering me from your hands. When David has finished saying this, listen. When David has finished saying this, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I am. He said. You have treated me well. But I have treated you badly. Who is confessing? This is serious. You have treated me well. But I have treated you badly. You have just now told me. About the good you have done to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands. But he did not kill me. When a man finds his enemy. Does he let him get away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for the way you have treated me today. Let's move on. I know that you will surely be king. And that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hands. 
Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants or wipe out my name from my father's house or family. So David gave his oath to Saul. Then Saul returned home, but David and his men went <laughs> up to the stronghold. Amen. Oh, we thank God for the reading of his word. There are certain points I want you to take note from the passage we just read. Now, let me give you a summary of the whole story. David is being pursued by Saul. Saul is trying to kill him. And so David ran away into a, a cave called Engedo. And once David was in that cave, somebody spotted him and went to tell Saul that, oh, we have seen David. And the Bible said after Saul had returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told that, oh, we've seen David. And so he went out to chase David with 3,000 men. Hmm. Isn't it funny? A whole king chasing David with 3,000 young men, energetic men. And so whilst he got to a cave, he wanted to go and poop. And because he was a king, he couldn't just do it in the bush. So he went into the cave and the cave was surrounded by his soldiers and what have you. But whilst they were there, David was not far away from where Saul was. And so David's men told him that, ah, is this not the day that God has promised you that he will put your enemies into your hands? Look at, look at your enemy, Saul. He's there. And so the Bible said, David called, went in and cut off a piece of Saul's garment. And whilst he did that, his conscience was stricken. And he felt sorry for, like, even cutting the, the cloth. So he came back and he stood on top of a hill and he called, My Lord, the king. And Saul stood up and he said, Who is that? He said, It's David. He said, Why do you allow men to, to tell you that I'm seeking your life? Why do you allow men to say things to you that I'm, I'm seeking or, or trying to kill you? I had the opportunity today. Is this not your, your cloth? I cut it myself. But he said, I have no intentions of harming you. My, and he called him the Lord's anointed. He called him my father. He called him my Lord. He called him the king. And he said, oh, I have no plans of harming you. Why? Why have you come out? A whole king. With 3,000 soldiers, where are you going? After whom are you coming to chase? A dead dog? And he called himself a dead dog. A flea? Am I the reason why you have come with all these soldiers? I don't have any plans of killing you. In fact, remember, even men advised me to harm you. But I did not. And so my king, I have no plans of harming you. God delivered you into my hands. But I spared your life. And when Saul heard that, he said, Is that your voice, my son David? I was shocked the man knew he was pursuing a son. And when I read Saul's story or Saul's comment, I started crying. He said, Is that my my is that your voice, my son David? Then he said, You are more righteous than I am. Eesh. And he went on to say, Truly, you shall be king. Will a man allow his enemy to walk out of his hands unharmed? You had me in your hands today, but you spared me. And Saul said all sort of things and he told him, Please, I beg you, promise me that when you become king, you will not wipe out my name from my father's house. 
and that you not destroy my descendants and David gave an oath and he left let me give you the first lesson we can learn from the life of David out here is somebody with me oh, is somebody here so we are looking at lessons we can learn from David's life when he had the opportunity to avenge so what did he do he never he never avenged him two of us let me give you the first um, way to overcome vengeance number one you watch out for people who bring negative reports about others hello how to overcome I'm preaching about on how to overcome vengeance and I'm saying that the first thing to do is to watch out for people who bring negative reports to you concerning others or about others you see David was in the cave of Engedi and the Bible said men came to tell Saul verse number 1 let's read it verse 1 some men came to tell Saul that we have seen him we have seen him yes we have seen David first Samuel chapter 24 verse number 1 look at it after Saul had returned from pursuing the Philistines he was told he was told he was told so please watch out for people who, who say things to there are some people when is he maybe they said somebody said something against you but you never got angry until the person tried to like try to tell you what exactly the person said i have i have been in that situation before where somebody said something or did something against me i i never felt angry until somebody came to me and said pastor the person said this and the person said the more the person spoke the more my heart oh yes and i got angry very very angry watch out for people like that watch out for people who come to you with all sort of bad you see the reason why a lot of you wants to take vengeance or avenge yourself is because of ake ake have you heard that they said have you heard that they said this person said this and this person said that you every day somebody is saying something is somebody here with me watch out for people like that you think they they love you you think they are doing you good but they are rather rather forcing you to take up something which belongs to God yes. how many of you have retaliated or done something because not necessarily because of what the person said but because of the person who told you you were just then they told you oh you've no head oh they, they said the way Mabel spoke against you is no good cry when they had to handle an issue like that some friends were just chatting they were chatting and they went home they were, they were on their way home and they, they were chatting and they were talking about a gentleman so they, they spoke and everybody was speaking their mind not knowing there was a reportage <laughs> yes after their conversation and one journalist out of their group went to tell the person that hey you should have been there to hear what Abigail said about you and Abigail said this and Abigail said that and Abigail said this and the guy was swollen And he came to me. He said, Pastor, today you will see blood. <laughs> yes. 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 Hey, and I said, Brother, I will see blood. He said, <laughs> He said, Yes. They will come and call you to come and see blood. 
I said, brother, take your time. What's the problem? Then he told me, Pastor, have you heard? They said Abigail said this. And they said she said this. And this person said that. Pastor, I can't take it anymore. And I said, brother, who said? He said, I, I, I can't I can't reveal my, my source. <laughs> yes. Some of you have turned yourself into anasses. And you go and tell people, oh, Charlie, that Nigeria guy, Brakeri, oh, I thought he was your friend. The way he spoke about you yesterday, I didn't like it. Ah, but how can Brakeri speak that way? Then, you see, you realize that the moment they begin, then your heart. Have you been told a report or have you had a report which got you angry? Have you? Yes. Yes. Then your friends should be adding fire. Ah! If that is the case, Tale, show them. Show them. Don't, don't allow them to go scot-free. Listen. Listen. One of the people that can get you into trouble is friends. Who brings you negative report about what somebody has said? Hey, you won't hear. Share. I said, what from his kind one home? Mensusu said, from his bit to me, How can Florence speak that way about Abigail? Eh? But I thought, I thought she was your friend. Please listen. Listen. Watch out for people like that. They, they are not good. They, they are not good people. Look at is he if Saul had died, who do you think killed him? The reporter. Yes, after you went to battle, you are even tired. After you have returned from pursuing the Philistines, you went for a battle, and when you came back, he was told that David is in the desert of Engedi. And he guarded men again. So the king himself was tired. But because of what he was told, he wanted to avenge. Let's go to verse number nine. Listen to what David said. Listen to what David said to him. Listen. And so the people behind all this are those men. And David said to Saul, why do you listen when men say? That is your problem. You listen. You listen when men say. Listen. David is bent on harming you. David is trying to harm you. Why do you listen? So be careful, please. Please. Is somebody here? Be careful. Many of the hatred and the vengeance is fueled by hearsay. Hey, I heard this. And I heard this. Watch out for people who say things like, eh, I, I heard I say, eh, you are not a good person at all. I heard this person say, I heard this person say, if you are like that, listen, if you are like that, please change. If you are like that, it's not a good thing. Change from it. You'll be told that oh, they said, Oh, um, they said Abigail said this about you. Ah, Kinsley. But I thought you were a good guy. But they said you are sleeping with the ladies in the church. Oh! No, but who can say such a thing? I said, Oh, I was even shocked because the person who said it, eh, me, I don't want to even mention her name. Kinsley said, No, no, tell me, please. Tell me, you tell me. I said, Oh, me, I don't want any problem. You see, you let's forget. He said, No, tell me. I said, oh, he said, but the lady crush is your friend, oh. I said, tell me. Eh, eh, it was, it was Abigail and Mabel. But 
the way Mabel was collecting the thin self, like or collecting the self. Yes. I was even please, please be careful. One day, one day we had a meeting over here. After the meeting, one of these guys he took a phone and he called a guy and he told him, If you were here, you would have walked out on Papa. Like if you were in the meeting, like what Papa said about you, if you were in the meeting, you would have walked out. Oh yes. Hey! I called you for a meeting and I started discussing certain issues with you. And the funny thing is that the person who was called, I didn't even mention his name. In fact, he was rather my informant. He brought me the information that this is what people are saying. And I wanted to address the issue. And after the meeting, somebody took a phone and told the guy, hey, if you were in the meeting, eh, it was good you never came. Oh yes. That's what he did. He told the guy, it was good you, you, you didn't come for the meeting. Because the way, the way Papa was speaking about you, and the guy was angry. The guy was angry. He came to my house. He went there. They said I wasn't around. He went to talk to my mother. And he was crying. They said that evening he didn't eat. Oh yes. Oh yes. You'll be shocked. You, you'll be shocked what those little words of yours will do to somebody. So be careful. Watch out. Watch out for people. Number two. Is everybody with me? Number two. Watch out for prophecies and biblical references that will justify your vengeance. There are a lot of you, you have scriptures to back what you are doing. Papa, Papa, this one, I will not let it go. Jesus says, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of uh, heaven suffered violence and the violent will take it by force. And so I have to use force. Let's go to verse 4. Then the man said, this is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you I will give your enemies into your hands for you to deal with them as you wish you see these people are quoting a bible reference hey David have you forgotten this is the day how did you know this is the day they said this is the day the Lord spoke of when he promised you that he will give your enemies into your hands to deal with them. Charlie, this is your enemy. Can so deal with him. So please watch out. Don't use Bible references and Bible quotes and what have you to justify your vengeance. Once vengeance is wrong, it's wrong. No amount of Bible reference will make it right. Please, somebody with me. Pastor, we have to speak. Oh, we have to speak. If you don't speak, please calm down. One day a lady told me that pastor I've heard this and I want you to call the person and call the person who told me and let's ask them and I told the ladies here I told the lady when I call them it will not amount to anything it will rather escalate the whole thing then I asked her what they are saying is it true she said no I said forget it forget it Eh, pastor me they are spoiling my name hey who is spoiling your name pastor they are spoiling my name I've not done it and they are just going about saying I've done this pastor call them pastor call them I said auntie let them go tell them forget it let's not call them let, let them go and they went two of us 
Yeah, they went. They went, they went scot-free. Nobody addressed the issue. There are times the best way to solve an issue is to be silent. Yes. That's, sometimes, that's the best way to solve an issue. Just be silent. So please, don't come up with Bible references to justify your point. David, have you forgotten that God promised you that he will give your enemies into your hands? This is the day. And David said, don't worry. I don't want to do anything. Let him go. Is somebody with me? Oh, is somebody here? Number three. Be receptive to your instincts. Be receptive. Receptive. Receptive is R-E-C-E-P-T-I-V-N-E. Be receptive to your heart instincts. Let's read verse number five. Go to verse number five. Let me show you something. Afterwards, David's conscience. So David took a knife, went and cut off a piece of Saul's rope, and immediately he did that. The Bible says that David's conscience was stricken for having cut off the corner of his rope. You see, I, I am 100% sure that this instinct that was stricken was stricken by the Holy Spirit. I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit who told him, let him go. Don't, don't, don't harm him. If David, just by cutting Saul's garment, was conscience stricken, why is it that you Sometimes you get angry and you want to say something or do something. All of a sudden, something will tell you, don't, don't, don't do it. Just let them go. Keep quiet. Please, are you receptive to the instincts God gives you? Your inner man, your inner witness. There are certain things, you see, mostly you see people try to retaliate when they are innocent about what is being said. True of us. But I, one of the things you must know, which David knew, and did was that he always allowed his instinct to, to judge his decisions. Immediately he cut off the, the, the cloth, the piece of cloth. He was he was stricken in his conscience. No, what you did is wrong. Don't touch the man. Let him go. Stop it. Is somebody with me? Please always listen to your inner man. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know whom this message is, is sent to. And I don't know who is being a blessing to. But I want you to know that number one, watch what people say if you want to overcome the spirit of vengeance. What people are saying. This person said this. Watch it. Number two, what's the second thing? Watch out for what? Prophecies and biblical references to justify what you want to do. Papa, this one, I will not let it go. I will not do that. Papa, this one, I can't let it go. I have to do something. You see, when when Jesus, when Jesus went to the temple and he saw that the people were selling, he didn't sit down. He was not quiet. He just took a cane and whipped them. So, Papa, there are times we must take action. Charlie, Charlie. As for vengeance, God would not want you to take vengeance on anybody. Even when the person is wicked, let the person go. Number three, what did I say? Be receptive to your instincts. Be receptive. There are certain things by the time you begin to, there are some of you, even there are certain thoughts that come to your head. All of a sudden, something will tell you, no, you are not thinking as a Christian. This thought alone is not, it's not a good thought. Come on, stop it. Come on, throw it away. Come on, put a stop to it. And yet, because you are not receptive, you see, the gentleman, I told you of a story. A gentleman who bought a taxi 
and they were and he was in this taxi with his girlfriend from Teshi they were coming to Nungwa and when they got to coastal there's a place called coastal at Nungwa and the place I think it's in front of a shop so they've had these pavement towels all over all of a sudden the taxi driver parked the car and he got down and he opened the, the passenger door and he pushed or dragged the guy out of the car said give me my money give me my money and the guy said I will not give it to you I said from um, Teshi to Nungwa I'll give you 10 cities the driver said I'm taking 11 cities and the, the gentleman's lady he said stop it it was Sunday morning he said stop it you are going to church are you not a Christian and they were Nigerians uh, yes are you not a Christian what are you doing you are going to church and the lady said have you seen what the devil is doing to you I was shocked I was at the other side of the road and we were just looking he said stop it how much is one city give it to him give it to him the guy said I will not give it to him I will not give it to him it is 10 cities it is not 11 cities and the driver pushed the gentleman like this and the guy went back like this when the guy came back he also hit the driver like this and the driver went and used his head on the pavement and he did like vibrated and he started foaming on his mouth then all of a sudden the black spot on his eye went in and he was lifeless so some gang guys were eating so they all rushed to the scene when they came they lifted up his hand the driver's hand was like this then some of the guys said he has killed the man and the lady started crying a woman she was going to church she came with an anointing oil blood of Jesus blood of Jesus blood of Jesus the man was gone taxi driver one Ghana cities one city the, the man, the guy was dead. And they held the Nigeria guy. And the lady told him, You see what you've done? I told you. I told you to stop. When this thing started in the car, I told you, Have you seen what you've caused? And they, so there was a guy, he said he knew how to drive. He took the taxi driver's car. And they put the dead driver plus the Nigeria guy, the lady, and some two other guys. They sat in the car. Said, one of them said, take him to the hospital. They said, no, he's dead. Let's take the guy to um, Nungwa police station. And they drove the guy. And you see, when this case, I don't know what happened afterwards, but if this case should get to court, it is murder. It is murder. Or, better still, in the words of the lawyers, they will call it manslaughter. When you kill somebody with a weapon, whether pen or even a pin, it is murder. But when you use your hand, it is manslaughter. <laughs> he had a Bible in his hand, so I don't know whether he'll be charged with murder or manslaughter. But the guy died, and they drove him just because of one Ghana city. And I'm sure his instinct will tell him, give it to him. How much is one city? Let him take it. There have been times I'll be in the trotro and I'll look at how people are arguing, and I can sense the end story of the whole thing. And I'll ask the mate, how much? How much is the money? And I'll pay. One day, I was coming from Accra. We were in a, a trotro. And there was a little boy who was sitting on a seat with his mother from Accra down to Pokwase. The mate said, You see, I was at the back seat. The boy was in the middle. 
and the woman was there. So the woman said the boy wasn't sitting down. He would carry the boy if somebody comes. But the mate also thought that the boy was sitting down. So he never picked people on the way. So when he got to Pokwasi, he told the woman, yes, my money. And the woman gave, uh, paid for one passenger. He said, what of the boy? He was sitting. He said, oh no, he will not sit. I'll carry him. <laughs> and they were going to Amasama and they've got it to Pokwasi. And the man said, no, I'm taking my money. I, w- I will take this money. And the woman said, I will never pay this money. You should have asked me whether the boy was sitting or not. I made him sit down because nobody was coming. And I, the argument in the car. Then the mate said, if, if you're a woman, if you're a woman, eh, try getting down from this car, you will see. And the woman said, I will get down. And the car, everybody was quiet. This person will talk, that person will talk. Talk, talk. And the mate told, the, the, the driver told the mate that Charlie, it's okay, forget it. The mate said, I will never forget this one. Ah! <laughs> so they were arguing. They were arguing. And the, the woman started insulting the mate. Say, what? I will slap you. And they were arguing. At the point, I, I, said, I just said, Mate! How much is the money? Said three city fifty pesos. I said take it. The woman said, "Bra, meant here. Bra, don't pay." I said take it, and I gave the money to the mate. The mate said he <laughs> he doesn't need my money. He needs the woman's money, and he would take the money from the woman. And, and, and I could sense that Charlie, if I'm not careful, and something can happen. So I just told the mate. I said take the money. And I, there was a man. He said, "Ah, somebody is paying for the fare. What is your problem?" Then I, I the, the mate took the money, and he told the woman, "You are lucky. I would have slapped you." And the woman said, "You are lying. You don't know me. Slap me." And so when we got to Pogasi, somebody was coming to join the car. Guess who? Some fat woman be. And <laughs> oh God. That day, my trip, I wasn't happy at all. So the woman carried the child and I shifted. When the woman came, just one side of the tent, the seat was small. And so she sat on me, and I shifted like this. And I was suffering. I wanted to get out. Then the woman, the woman was at the car, eh? Ola, chike ya mo, maba, maba, chike ya mo. You don't understand. Gentleman, push. Is the seat for you? Push. He uses buttons. Push, push. And I told the mate, please, I'll get down. Because <laughs> there are times you may be provoked to the point that if you are not careful, something you do or say may not end you up well. Amen. So please, let's be very careful. Let's follow our instincts. There are times something will happen. They say, don't, don't talk. It's okay. Work out. It has happened to me several times. Sometimes I get over over furious. I, my anger is, is beyond, and I want to say certain things and do certain things. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will touch my heart. He said, "It's okay. Cool down." You see, it's good to get angry, 
if you are here and you don't get angry you are not a human being yes anger is part of our life but it's wrong when you keep your anger till the next day two of us and so please it is very important for us to know that when it comes to issue with vengeance follow your instincts but always follow your instincts when you are being led by the holy spirit some if you are not a born again believer you hear a voice tell you bele bele kill him or do that yes one day there was a fight a fight broke out between married couples they fought in america they fought they had argument and the woman couldn't take it anymore so the woman filed for divorce and so the woman moved to live with his brother and this gentleman went to visit the woman said he wants to talk to his wife and his brother said not in my house she's my sister and he said yes but she's my wife and he said um, don't forget she has filed for divorce and the gentleman said until the divorce papers are signed she's still my wife I want to talk to her and his brother said no and so they started arguing 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 and the gentleman pushed him forced himself into the room and went to where the lady was sitting and said come I want to talk to you and his brother held him and gave him like this kum, kum, kum. Yeah, he, they were fighting in, in fact they were not fighting he was being beaten Yes, because the, the lady's brother is a thick tall gentleman so he beat the guy and he threw him out he said walk out of my house walk out of my house and the gentleman said I should walk out of your house you are a hypocrite and the, the gentleman is a pastor the, 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 the man whose wife is divorcing him is a pastor he said you are a hypocrite you've forgotten when that um, man of God from Ghana came and told you that your sister is a witch and he said my sister is a witch you are a fake pastor you are a fake pastor get out of this house and the, the gentleman told him I'm a fake pastor wait I will kill your sister yeah, he told the gentleman I'll kill your sister and after that you can call me a fake pastor like joke like joke then the gentleman asked his sister one of his sisters were videoing he said do you have it on tape he said yes I have it on tape he said call the police and the lady said no 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 don't call the police I said call the police he said no so they never reported the case like joke like joke a month exactly the lady went to work it was all over the news the lady went to work she works with a federal um, credit union over there like a bank so she went she was just standing there waiting for the door to be open and the pastor he came saw the lady mentioned her name Barbara when she turned he gave him boom 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 seven times yeah. shot, shot the lady boom 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 seven killed him and he took a phone and he called some of his friends and said yes I've killed her I've killed her. He said, if you do, I've killed Barbara. I've killed my wife. I've killed her. But he didn't run away. He went home and started packing his things, getting ready to go to prison. He was in the house when the New York police came. LYPD. They just came. And they said, gentlemen, open the door. He opened. He said, oh, I'm unarmed. He said, you killed your wife. He said, yes, I killed, I killed my wife. They took him. He's now being sentenced in. He's serving his jail sentence in the US. But you see, vengeance, eh? Vengeance. 
vengeance. It could land you where you have never dreamt of getting. Sometimes a little anger, a little hatred, if you are not careful, it will get you into a trouble you have never planned of ever having. Child of God, I came to let you know that if somebody has done something to you, let the person go. Okay? Let the person go. Just, just say to yourself, I will not mind him. I will not talk. I will not retaliate. I will not do anything. Let him go. This man, if this man, if this man had exercised a little patience, and you see, murder in America is, is a life sentence. If you don't know, if you murder somebody and you are convicted of murder, it is for life. So if this man is sentenced life imprisonment, you say you are a pastor. You say the call of God is upon your life. But look at what anger and hatred has gotten you to do. And look at where it has ended you up. So child of God, let's be very careful. David had the opportunity to hurt Saul, but he said, I can't do that. There are so many points I may not be able to go through. But you see, maybe I should share this one with you. Allow the sins of your enemies to get back at them. Allow their own sins to get back at them. Don't, don't, don't try to stand in the gap. Is somebody with me? David gave us an, an, an adage in the scriptures. He said, there is a, he said, there is an old saying, from evil doers come evil deeds. Evil doers comes evil doers. So when you see somebody do evil, check their source. They, they may be evil themselves. And so sometimes, when if you say you are a child of God and you are not an evil doer, then where from this evil deed that is coming out of your life? Check it. Is somebody here? Some of you, they, they, from, and if you don't know, let me tell you this. Get me, get me right. We are closer. From the way you think, you don't know that your thought is a reflection of who you are. Yes. Your thoughts alone. You don't need to say something. Is it gone are the days where your actions reveals your nature? It's gone. This time, your thoughts alone reveals who you are. The Bible says that as a man thinketh in his heart, and the word heart used over there is, means the mind. As a man thinketh in his mind, so is he. So you are what you think about. So if, if Kinsley offends me, and I'm just thinking or wishing that maybe he will sit in a car and he will die. Maybe you'll be involved in an accident. Or something will happen to him. Or maybe when he's driving, his car will somersault. Or something. Something strange. One day, one of my sons, he told me, you wait. He, told, he, he, said, he said, wait. We shall all see. We are all here. We shall see. Oh, yes. He said, we shall see. He said, God has called you. We shall see. And this is not the first person. So many people have given me ultimatums. He said, oh, allow him. Just allow him and let's see what will happen. Yeah. Be careful. You are giving me a, a, a grace period. You are giving me what a period to exhibit what I say I've been called to do. What about you? And usually we tend to forget so quickly. How this guy, how I wish some tree will, will fall from a tipper track and hit his head. The Bible says that from evil doers comes what? Evil deeds. Evil doers. Are you an evil doer? 
are you an evil doer? Then away from all these demonic thoughts. And you don't know, but the things you think about determines what you say. A man's speech is, is altered and influenced by his thoughts. That's why Jesus said, take no thought in Matthew chapter 6, from verse number 29 downwards. He said, take no thought saying. Take no thought saying. It's the thoughts, the things, the thoughts that comes to your head that influences the things you say. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Is somebody here? And so please, please, you are not an evildoer. You are a child of God. You are born and bred by God. There is nothing evil in you. Is somebody with me? It's just that sometimes the devil influences you to do certain demonic acts. But you are not evil. Please know who you are. You are not evil. You are not a, a, an evil person. And so stop wishing and praying for evil for others. One day Bishop told us that their people, they, they, their prayers is evil. Yes. And he asked us to pray against that. And I was shocked. When he asked us, by then I didn't understand. I said, ah, how can we pray against the prayers of others? Yes. He said, let's pray that every, every evil wishes of men. He said, ah, men wishing as evil. Until I grew up and I realized that, yes, man can wish you evil as you are going. That one day a gentleman told a lady in this church there are some people their prayer is that you get pregnant you don't know you get pregnant and you say aha we said it look at them everyday church everyday church look at it so please always know that it is demonic when you begin to wish evil for others don't give people eh, your, my life is not in your hands and your life is not in my hands you don't have the right to give anybody an ultimatum or a grace period this gentleman allow him we shall see what will happen to him nothing will happen to him don't do that it's an evil spirit is somebody with me so allow the saints of evil doers to get back at them David never harmed Saul he never touched him then Saul began to confess. Let's look at what Saul said. Saul said, and I was shocked that Saul said all these things. Have you found it? Okay, when David finished saying this, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? Number one, Saul knew David was his son, and yet he wanted to kill him. Yes. It is not that you can have a father. Some of you don't understand certain things. Sometimes you can have a father, whether spiritual or physical, but they can they can bend on harming you. It's something you must know. Oh yes, it's something. Some of you maybe you never had time with your spiritual and um, with your biological fathers, but I know of a man who have attempted to take the life of his own child. I know one. And so men can be very wicked and evil. And so it is very important to know that a, a father can also fight against a son in as much as sons fighting against fathers. Is that David my son? So if Saul knew David was a son, why then were you trying to kill him? Now listen to what he said. And he wept aloud. Let's move on. You are more righteous than I am. See, anybody who allows God to take vengeance is, is a righteous person. Anybody who doesn't stand in the gap and retaliate 
for a wrong that has been done to him is a righteous person. Look at Saul. What's the difference between Saul and David? When David, well, let's assume David offended Saul. Saul wanted to kill him. So what was he doing? What was Saul doing? He was taking vengeance. He was avenging himself. But David did not allow anyone to influence him to kill Saul. And so one of the differences between David and Saul is that from Saul's own mouth, he said, you are more righteous than I am. People can be more righteous than you are. And one of the things that makes people more righteous than yourself is when you, you wrong them and they, they let go. But then they wrong you and you try to take vengeance. So I want all of you to take note of this. Your righteousness is also sin in your ability to let go of offenses. Those of you, it's, it's very surprising when you see people the way your heart swells. People you hate. So that you can be laughing, you can be laughing, then all of a sudden the person will come and your mood will change. I have been, I have been influenced by some of these people for some time, but no more. Am I going to allow that? Amen. Sometimes you just be talking, you just be talking, and when you see people, your speech will change. <laughs> Two of us. Yeah. One day I was preaching. One of my sons, he will look at this time and he will do like this. Then he will take his phone, he will look at this time and he will do like this. Then he will wake up. Then he will go like this. Then he will do like this. Then he will come and sit down. Bro, I was preaching. My heart. <laughs> I just wanted to suck him. I, I was going to say, walk out. Then all of a sudden, something told me, Charlie, Bajidi. Do you understand Bajidi? What's the meaning of Bajidi? Calm down. That's the Ewe term for um, calm down. Bajidi. Bajidi. I, was, I was furious. And I realized that, no, Charlie, this, this, this is not a good thing. Charlie, let's learn to calm down. He said, you are more righteous than I am. You have treated me well, but I've treated you badly. Yeah. So when you do good to your enemies, they, they see. Oh yes. When you do good to your enemies, they see and they know. Yeah. You see, what, what I told you one of these days, I'll preach on the subject, the sin of forgetfulness. When people say they forgot, it's not that they forgot though, they don't want to regard it. Like you did something for them and they, they just decided to let it go. It's not that they don't remember what you did for them. Yeah. And there are a lot of you like that. You easily forget good or something good which has been done to you. Is somebody with me? He said, You you <laughs> you are more righteous than I am. You have just told me. Okay, let's go to Okay, you have just told me of the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but he did not kill me. Now, listen to what Saul said. Move on. When a man finds his enemy, does he let him get away unharmed? So sometimes your attitude towards your enemy, your enemies alone, reveals who you are, whether you are an evil person or you're a good person. Hello? Yes. Your attitude. When a man finds his enemy, in fact, the, the answer to this question is that no man will let go of his enemy. No man. Allow him to go unharmed. It will never happen. 
it will never happen but thank God that we are not men the word men man used over there is the son of man when a man is like the son of man but we are now the sons of God that is why Jesus said pray for your enemies and do good to those who, who hate you can you do good to those who hate you it's, it's one of the difficulties one day I was teaching on this message on this scripture and my mother told me I can never do it and I will never do it <laughs> my mother way back I, I was preaching I said oh see the Bible says we should do good to those who hate us and to love our enemies my mother said me I will, <laughs> I will never do it and I can't do it but you see if you are a child of God you can do it is somebody with me David did it to Saul. And David, eh, that gentleman David, eh, that gentleman David, from here, I entreat all of you to read about him. Read the whole book of 1st and 2nd Samuel. He's such a fine gentleman. David, I just, one day I told one of the sons, one of my sons, I told them that if David was a, a woman, eh, I would have married David. Oh yeah. David is, David, I read, I read the scripture, read the scripture, then I said to myself, I was reading, then I said to myself, I'm, I'm not a good person. Yeah. I'm not a good person at all. If I had this opportunity, Saul wouldn't have had the opportunity to talk to me. I would have finished him up. Is somebody with me? But David didn't do that. David, we saw David all throughout the scripture doing good to those who hate him. Absalom, his son, tried to kill him. And he said to his bodyguard, um, Joab, when you go and you find my son, please deal kindly with him for my sake. Don't kill him. Don't kill. But this is a boy who tried to kill his father and his father, ran, his father ran away. And he tried to take control over his father's kingdom. But David said, don't kill him. He said, I like David for one thing. He said, may the Lord reward you. Now look at who is praying here. The enemy of David is now praying for David. That may the Lord reward you well for the way you have treated me today. Let's read on. Let's end. We are ending. I know that you will surely be king. Now wait. The enemy of David is no longer praying for him. But is now prophesying. I know that you will surely be king. How did you know? Because you are the king. Sometimes, eh, sometimes you may be good though. But if you are not careful... The spirit of vengeance will push you off the plan of God. Now you begin to see people who are better than yourself. Then I know you are more righteous than me. You have treated me well. I am a bad person. You will begin. And now he, he pleads with David to do something for him. Let me end. Quickly. Quickly. Let's go to the next one. Now swear to me that you will not cut off my descendants. Did David keep this promise? What shows David kept it? What shows? Okay. Now, as for Jonathan's son, David had a covenant with Jonathan. So what shows saw David kept this covenant? The, the king is telling David that please don't cut off my descendants and also don't cut off my name from my, my, my father's family. Did David keep this covenant? Yes, he did. What is the first thing he did? Number one, he killed the person who, who, who claimed he killed Saul. After this incident, this is chapter 24. When you read 
chapter 30 chapter 31 Saul died in 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 first and first second Samuel chapter 1 Saul was dead and somebody brought Saul's crown that he killed Saul and he thought it was a good thing so he was coming to take fans from David after he came he said oh I saw Saul he was bleeding and Saul called me he said who are you I said I'm an Amalekite he said kill me before my enemies come and kill me so I took a sword and I pierced him and I killed him but it wasn't true Saul killed himself then after saying that David said come he called one of his, 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 his soldiers come take him aside and kill him he said kill him you were not afraid to touch the Lord's anointed even me David I didn't touch him and you kill him so he was killed has he kept Saul's covenant that's just one of those things number two after Saul died Saul's cousin he's called Abner and Abner was Saul's army commander so Saul's cousin was his army commander Abner made a treaty with David that oh you see Saul, Saul had a son called Ishbosheth. Ishbosheth accused Abner, his uncle, of sleeping with Saul's father, one of Saul's wife. And Abner was angry. He said, Ah, but how can you say that I'm sleeping with my cousin's wife? How can you say that? Because of what you said, I would I will go and <laughs> throw my support to David, and David will be king over all Israel. And so Abner went to David, they had a peace treaty. When Abner was returning, Joab, listen, follow me, listen, Joab, this gentleman, Joab, who is David's army commander, because Abner killed his brother in battle, they were angry. So when he, he was told that Abner just left King David, he went to David and said, what have you done? Don't you know that Abner was the one who killed my brother? Why are you making a, a treaty with him? Don't you even know that Abner came to spy on you and to know our weakness? David didn't talk. Then Joab sent people to chase Abner and tell him that David said he should come back. So when Abner came, he met Joab. And Joab said, hey, please come. Can David said I should talk to you. Come. There is something I wanted to discuss with you. Then he took him aside like this. Without his concern, he just took And he pierced Abner and Abner died. Let's read Second Samuel chapter 3. Let's read something. Let's read from verse number 27. Or let's 29. So that will be quick. When David realized that this is what Joab has done, do you know what he did? He cursed Joab. He cursed him. 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse number 29. 2 Samuel chapter 3, 29. May his blood fall upon the head of Joab. And upon all his father's house. May Joab's house never be without somebody who has running sore. Or leprosy. Or who leans on a crutch. Or who carries crutches. Or who falls by the sword. Or who lacks food. Look at this. This is David's curse. Against Joab. So sometimes when you see people. Lep- when you are giving a leprous man money or something. Be careful. Maybe you are getting yourself involved in this one. One of them said running source. So people with all sorts of source. Of you, you, are, you are spiritually blind. That's why it's not all the people you see on the street that you give them money. 
there are some people when you give them money or you sow some you are you are incurring the the curse that is upon their life he said may his house never be without somebody who has a running soul or leprosy or who leans on crutches like this or who falls by the sword like they go to battle and they die car accidents they die strange death and who lacks food that's david's case why is david reading this case on him because he made an oath to Saul. abner who has been killed was Saul's cousin and Saul told him please don't wipe out my descendants and david gave him that promise there is another one maybe in chapter four two guys Rachel and his brother Banner, they killed Saul's son. The guy was sleeping. After he heard that his uncle um, Abner has been killed, he was sleeping and these guys went to his room and they pierced him on his bed. Just went like that and killed him. And do you know what they did? They cut off his head and they brought his head to David. Some of you are, some of you are wicked old. When this guy did that, they thought that when they come, David would applaud them. He said, wow, Charlie, you've killed my enemy. You've killed my enemy. Because this Ishbosheth is the, is the guy who was fighting with David over the throne of Israel. And these two guys, so now Saul had two sons. Okay, let's go to verse number five. Let me show you something. Please, my time is up. Good. Now, Rachel and Bena, the sons of Raymond, the Berothite, set out for the house of Ishbosheth and they arrived there in the heat of the day that's in the afternoon while he was taking his noonday rest what happened they went into the inner part of his house as if to get some wheat and they stabbed him in the stomach then Rachel and his brother Banner slipped away let's go on look at, look at what is happening now they had gone into the house while he was lying on the bed in his bedroom. After they stabbed him and killed him, they cut off his head. Taking it with them, they traveled all night by the way of Araba. All the way, let's go. They had gone into the house. Well, oh, please, let's go to the next verse. They brought the head of Ishbosheth to David. So, why did they cut the gentleman's head? This Ishbosheth is Saul's son. And when Saul died, they made this guy a king. And David is king of Judah. This guy is king of a part of Israel, Benjamin and what have you. And so this is the guy who is fighting with David over the throne. So if this guy was dead, wouldn't you be happy? Hey, I'm talking to you. Wouldn't you be happy? It's a good news. It calls for celebration. And so these two guys thought they were going to do David a favor by killing him. And so they brought the head to David at Hebron and said to the king, Here is the head of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, your enemy. Your what? Who tried to take your life? This day the Lord has avenged. Is, did the Lord avenge? Who avenged? Those two guys. But they are telling him, This day the Lord has avenged my lord the king against Saul and his offspring let's move on now listen to what david did david answered Rachel and his brother banner or bena the sons of rima the berithite as surely as the lord lives who has delivered me out of all trouble move on when a man told me listen to what david is saying when a man told me Saul is dead 
and thought he was bringing good news, I seized him and put him to death in Ziegler. When a man told me that do you know Saul is dead, he thought he was bringing good news. See, you are an evil person. When you hear evil things and you treat it as good news, you are an evil person. The, the, the man thought he was bringing good news but he said I seized him and I put him to death in Ziglar that was his reward or that was the reward I gave him for his news let's read on what, what did David is David a good man oh is David a good man how much more when wicked men have killed an innocent man David is calling somebody his rival or his enemy an innocent man how much more when wicked men have killed an innocent man in his own house and on his own bed should I not now demand his blood from your hands and rid the earth of you listen to what happened to them so David gave order to his men and they killed them and they cut off their hands and their feet and hung their bodies by the pool in Hebron then they took the head of Ishbosheth and buried it in Abner's tomb at Hebron. Please, the spirit of vengeance should not be seen in your life. Is somebody with me? Always wish good for people who hate you. It doesn't mean their plans will come to pass. It rather reveals that you are more righteous than they are. When you try to fight somebody who is fighting you, Jesus said, when you do good to only those who do good to you, what have you got to gain? You don't get anything. Is somebody with me? I pray that God will use these few words of mine to transform your life. I curse every spirit that is not from God that is trying to steal your heart and, and influence your actions into doing things which will cause you to take vengeance on people God would want you to let go. I pray that God will minister to your heart in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hope you've been blessed by this message. For further information on Reverend Amos Darko's tips and books, please send us a mail at rev.amosdarko at gmail.com or call plus 233-503-861-399. Thank you for your time and God bless you.